The Midnight Podcast is proudly sponsored by Clayboy Shave Ice. Looking for a refreshing Hawaiian-style treat that will also satisfy your sweet tooth? Clayboy's offers catering for birthday parties, farmer's markets, living facilities, and school-sponsored events. Be sure to check out Clayboy Shave Ice on Instagram or Clayboy's Prints on Instagram for custom merchandise. everybody welcome to episode 11 of the midnight podcast today is monday february 7th 2022 as always i'm your host luke mcclister and i'm joined here with ben specter how's it going ben really good luke i'm excited to be here excited to talk some middletown sports as always yep and we got another special interview coming your way today we got campbell codwell coming on the pod um she recently just won a regional title this past saturday in the mile and she's also a dual sport athlete and she also swims as well so we got a great interview coming your way lots of things to talk about yeah and we also have a ton of stuff to cover emphasis on track because they just ran regionals yeah first uh i guess first two technically if you count boys indoor track and girls indoor track first two middletown teams in the winter sports season to to start mpssaa playoffs followed by wrestling the third coming up later tonight so yeah we'll talk about all that Yep, but do you want to go ahead and get into last week's results, the recap of yeah, that? let's do it. So, the second, was that? Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday the 2nd. Uh, Middletown Wrestling had a meet at Urbana. The final of that was Middletown coming out with a win, 57-12. to 12. Then, Thursday the 3rd, we had nothing, which was kind of nice to yeah. you know, have a break because we don't really get that often. And then Friday the 4th, um, basketball day. Uh, boys were at home versus versus Brunswick. Girls were away at Brunswick. JV boys basketball. The final of that was Brunswick winning that forty-five to thirty. JV girls basketball at Brunswick. The final of that was Middletown winning that thirty-three to nineteen. Varsity basketball at home versus Brunswick boys. The final of that was Brunswick winning that sixty-one to fifty-eight. And then varsity girls basketball at Brunswick. The final of that was Middletown winning that. 47 to 20. Then Saturday the 5th, like we just said, boys and girls indoor track were at the 2021 to 2022 Maryland Public Secondary Schools Athletic Association 2A indoor track state tournament regional championships round. That's a mouthful, but yes. As we like to call it, MPSSAA 2A West regional championships for indoor track. Yes. That's what we like to call it over here on the Midnight Pod. But getting into that, um, the final for the boys, the boys placed fifth out of 15 teams in the final for the girls. The girls placed third out of 15 teams, which is very solid. Yeah, a a really good finish for them. I I think we predicted both of those as well. I think we called those. I think so. I I, I think for boys, we said we wanted them in the upper third, which they were, five out of 15. And I think for girls, we said we'd like them top three, and they weren't. So, and if we didn't, we're going to claim we did. <laughs> you want to hop into analysis? Yep, sure. Hit us with wrestling, Ben. Um, Wrestling. Just a really good win against Middletown. Against Urbana. We didn't <laughs> play ourselves. Against <laughs> Urbana. Uh, 57 to 12. As always, the heavyweights led the way. Three of four of the heavyweights won their matches. Russell Endicott actually lost in the decision, so tough one there. But three of four won their matches. Um. Waters, Hofkasang, and Hoy were the other three who won matches. And it's just, it, it it all starts at the top with heavyweights. We've seen that all year. Urbana used to be really good wrestling-wise. Kind yeah. Of, kind of fallen I think off they lost bit. some upperclassmen that have graduated in past years. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Oakdale was the same way. Like, Oakdale, and now Oakdale's wrestlers are still good. They just have a small team. Like, they yeah. don't have a team you can win dual meets with anymore. They may win a couple individual titles at States. I wouldn't be surprised. But they just don't have a team you can win 
dual meets with, and that's where Middletown's, I think we got twenty close to 25 wrestlers. That's where that benefits is, you know, you aren't four for the matches because you don't have guys in the weight class. I think the only weight class we don't have guys in is 106. Yeah, and I see it says here that Middletown won every match by either pin, forfeit, or tech fall. And how does that help the points situation, Ben? Because, you know, kind of through doing this podcast and I guess working with Ben this winter, I've learned a lot about wrestling because I wasn't really, I didn't really know a whole lot before. I mean, so based on the result of your match, you get a certain, your team gets a certain amount of points to the team score. So Urbana won most of their matches by decision. They won three matches, one by pin, two by decision. So the pin is worth six points. The, def- the decisions are only worth three. Uh, so a pin and a forfeit is worth six points. A tech fall, which is if you win by 15, is worth five. A major decision, which is if you win by four, by, I'm sorry, win by eight, that's four points for your team. And then just a normal decision is three. So the fact that Middletown was winning matches by pins and forfeits really helped open up that scoreline because it could have easily been something like a 32 to 12 that they were just winning matches by decision but they were picking up pins across the board from 113 all the way back jack camerote had a pin good for him good for jack yeah jack camerote had a pin oliver graham had a real nice pin for oliver and then obviously the heavyweights did what they needed to do so yeah that's kind of how the pins and the forfeits helped middletown blow this one out of the water did you end up going to arena to watch i i did not know i i was Occupado with the uh, the day job. Yes, of course. Um, moving into boys basketball. Um, hate to say this, but you know, obviously another tough loss for the boys team against Brunswick, which is you know a game we both feel like we definitely could have won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the offense played well, but you know things like turnovers and poor decisions were made, which cost us the game. Yeah, I mean, in the fourth quarter, it was, I would say, one possession, two possession game for most of a quarter. And it started off really well. I mean, Middletown just had a couple not great possessions. off. I, I don't know how else to put it. Just not great possessions offensively. They turned the ball over a couple times. Um, and then a couple times they went down and either tried to take really contested shots or really low percentage shots. And it just felt like what kind of did them in the end. Now, I will say this. Credit to Brunswick. They had an answer for every basket Middletown hit. Yeah, they hit big shots when it counted. And um, they played defense up on Logan Butts really well. Yeah, they they held Logan in check. Logan got, I, I don't know exactly how many points he had. Logan was probably floating in the 10 to maybe a little bit above, a little bit below range. But they didn't let Logan kill them with a three, which was important. And then um, Jake Brandenburg kind of had an off game. Yeah, he, he he didn't play in the first half. And then in the second half, he came in, and he just looked a little out of sync. Um, just wasn't I, – I don't even know if locked in is the right term, but just didn't seem to be in sync with how the offense was running. And then in the fourth quarter, he played a little bit, got some points, but it just wasn't enough there at the end. So unfortunate, uh, unfortunate way for things to happen, but – it happens. Moving into girls basketball. Um, another good win for the girls basketball team as they took down Brunswick, you know, 47-20. to 20. Uh, Kaylee Franklin stepping up a little bit. She had nine points, eight rebounds, and um, her season trajectory is starting to creep upwards. Yeah, she's just starting to get better as the season goes on. I mean, she's had a couple games this season where she's had big buckets at the end, made big, made big free throws when they needed her to. She looks a lot more in tune offensively, if you want to say. Um, yeah, it, it's just it, it feels like her trajectory, like she's just getting better and better as the season goes on. And with Julia Harris still sidelined, um, that's a big that's a big get for Middletown because if she can play, she can kind of fill that role a little bit and give the Knights another look scoring wise, which is something they need right now. And then um, also another. Solid scoring effort with Riley Nelson finishing with uh, 10 points. Yeah, she, she had 10. She's definitely had some of her best games down the stretch here, I want to say. 
the other thing is everything just re- we've talked about this a little bit on the previous episodes just really balanced like there's no one who's like going nutso and who's scoring like 20 25 a game and the rest of the team is putting up fives and sixes everyone's pretty just even you have multiple people who can score but it's pretty balanced and spread the wealth is spread around a lot yeah i said this before and i'll say it again Girls basketball team just really solid and well-rounded this year. Yeah. Which is nice to see because in past years, you know, we had Sailor Poffenbarger, who is currently at Arkansas right now, mm-hmm. was at UConn, transferred to Arkansas, and she was kind of like the big player. She she would score, put up a lot of points, and everybody else would have, you know, like five or ten. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because – it's not tough, but – we kind of saw it in that state championship game sophomore year against River Hill, where Sailor had 30-plus points, but no one else on the team scored around her, and we ended up losing that game. So it's nice to have an offense that's balanced. And I think Middletown is kind of flying under the radar in the county. And I agree. I'm not, I'm not sure why, because they're currently 14-4, and four, I want to say. Yeah, they're currently 14-4. and four. So... I don't know why they're flying under the radar, but I feel like they are. Obviously, Urbana's the best team in the county. We recognize that because we saw Urbana in person firsthand. But I don't know. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. And If someone could explain that to me, I would appreciate it because I don't get why they're flying under the radar like they are. Um, You want to move into boys indoor track? Yeah. So boys indoor track on Saturday at HCC in the 2A West regional meet. Um. Solid fifth place, fifth place finish. Sorry, and they were in the top third of all finishers. Yeah, a top third is a good finish there for them. And then our state qualifiers for the boys team, we have Baron Rop in the thirty-two hundred meter, Colby White in the pole vault, C.J. Brown in the shot put, and then the four by two hundred meter relay. And I don't know if this is correct off the top of my head, but I know C.J.'s in that relay along with Luke Humble. Do you know the other two? Alexander Klink and Laderick O'Neal. Okay. So, quick shout-out, Laderick O'Neal, sophomore, qualifying for states. Obviously, we don't know what the composition of that relay will be once they make it to states, but it should be pretty similar if close to that. But mm-hmm. And is Alexander Klink a sophomore as well? Yeah, sophomore as well. So so, so th- that relay is like the progression of man. It's C.J. Brown, senior, Luke Humble, junior, Alexander Klink, sophomore, Laderick O'Neal, freshman. It's oh okay regression. That's nice. Yeah. Um. Well balanced. And then we had some fifth place finishes because at regionals, um, top four qualify, and you know, just a fifth place finish at regionals, man, is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it's tough because obviously, and we tried so hard to find. If you didn't listen to our last episode, you should. But last week maybe two weeks ago, the MPSSA made the decision to get rid of the time qualification standard for boys and girls indoor track due to COVID protocols and stuff like that. So they just went with, if you finished top four in your region, you made it. If you didn't, you're out. And usually top four of your region qualifies you, but you can also qualify if you hit a certain time. And we tried all day to figure out what those time qualifiers were because the MPSSA took them off their website, we couldn't, so we couldn't find it there. Obviously, outside of that, there's not a lot much more information. So maybe next time, if we find them, we we have some people working on that diligently behind the scenes. <laughs> we'll uh, talk about. But I mean, for starters, let's talk about C.J. Brown. He was, if you add it up together, he was like 0.2 seconds away from being in four different events. Beca- yeah, because he got fifth place in a 55 meter dash, missed out on that one by 0.006. I'm sorry, 0.06, so six hundredths of a second. And then in the 300-meter dash, he also got fifth and missed out on that by 0.07, seven hundredths of a second. So he was 13 hundredths of a second away from being qualified in four different events in states, which is a bummer for CJ because, I mean, obviously he quali- he's the only Middletown athlete to qualify in two events because he's in the 4 by 2 and a shot put, he could have qualified in four events. So yeah, he could have. That's a bummer for CJ right there. 
Um, let's see if Middletown had any fifth place finishers. You want to mention a name to watch out for, Daniel Michaels, a freshman. Yeah, I do want to mention uh, Danny Michaels on the pod. Um, Danny, he's a freshman. I got to, I had the privilege of running with Danny uh, this fall in cross country season. Um, brand new to running, never has never ran before in cross country, and uh, he didn't qualify for a state title or anything, but he ran the sixteen hundred at regional Saturday and he dropped a 516 which is really impressive um as a freshman who's you know only been running for three uh, I, I would say about five months because he did train with us in the um in the summer about like a month before going into the season but that 516 time for the 1600 is just really impressive for a freshman and he's got three more years so that time's only going to drop and he'll definitely be able to break five before in his high school career which is um you know something that's great and something I hope I've always wanted to do. And, you know, it's not over, but the clock's kind of ticking for me to do that personally. So we'll see how everything goes in outdoor for me. Um, that story's unwritten, so we're just going to wait for that. But, Danny, if you're listening to this, great job. And um, your future holds a lot. So a couple other boys indoor track runners who got close – and again, we'll work to confirm if they would have qualified under the time slash advancement standard. Josh Doyon in the shot put threw 39 foot 8 inches. Fourth place ended up being 43 foot 4 inches. So he just missed out by about 4 foot there. And then in the 55 meter hurdles, Luke Humble was pretty close. He ended up finishing in 6th place overall with a time of 8.63. The 4th place was 8.28. So only about Very close. three-tenths of a second there. Um, yeah, but boys track and field has some guys in states. Um, really excited for CJ to see how he does, and we'll talk about that later in yeah. the shot put. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a solid finish for boys in their track. Obviously, again, I think, and we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about this some with the girls, what the changes that the state made kind of – affected i think how we view things a yeah little bit. i agree because um, i definitely think in a normal year we would have had more qualifiers but at the same time everyone's in the same boat so it's not like we can really complain about it i mean we can't complain but everyone's in the same boat so moving into girls yeah so um girls indoor track team really strong third place finish at regionals and um the qualifiers for state Sophie Frizzell in the 300-meter, Haley Lucido in the 500 and 800-meter, Campbell Caldwell, um, our guest, stay tuned for the interview later. She qualified in the 1600. She won that first place. And the 3200, um, and then the 4x800 relay qualified, and then Ava Allen in the pole vault qualified. And the 4x800 relay consisted of Aaron McQuitty, Renee Washhart, Elena who? Elena who and, and Phoebe, Phoebe Manilo. Phoebe Manilo. Okay. So, first thing we should mention is Middletown picked up their first three regional champions of a 2021-2022 school year. Obviously, they were not team championships. They were individual championships, but we love them all the same. They're championships. That's all that matters. That was Haley Lucido on the 500 meter. She ran in a heat with three other girls who were not on the same pace as her. No. Which makes it even more impressive that she won that because she wasn't racing against anyone. She was racing against her own mental clock and still won, still won the 500. Then she got second overall, but she won her heat. No, she she, she won? She won the regional championship. Oh, in the really? <laughs> Bro, they said, because um, I was at the meet, and this was after you left, correct? Because yeah, yeah. Ben had to leave early on Saturday, and they were like, we think you got second overall. The coach just said that to Haley, but she actually won that. She got second in the eight hundred. Oh, in the eight, oh, you're talking about the five hundred. Yeah, five hundred. My bad. Oh, I thought you were talking about the eight hundred. You were just in a whole different country. I, I you were was. in a whole different. Um. Country. Yeah, she got second in the eight hundred. Okay. And ju- uh, lost that by about three seconds. But yeah, the five hundred. She won it. She cooked everyone. She went one twenty thirty eight there. Second place was Kaylin Stein of Century. She went one twenty three thirty. Thing. Yes, no, I didn't forget about the 500. <laughs> Haley, I know you listen to this. I'm really sorry, but um, great job. 
on Saturday, and we're going to move on from that because that was not a great moment <laughs> on my behalf. Then the second state, the second regional championship winner, see, I almost said state championship, was Campbell Caldwell. Uh, she's going to be our guest. She also cooked everyone in the 1600. She did. I mean, she, like, right around the eight, I want to say, for those of you who aren't aware, and you're going to have to double-check me on this. I will. 1600 meter is eight laps at Hagerstown Community College. Correct. Right around her fourth or fifth lap, she just started, she just burned everyone. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Was was that the Lightning McQueen sound? Sure. Okay, fair enough. But anyways, um, moving on. Uh, Yeah, she just turned the Jets on. And she was hanging around in second place for the first couple laps. But yeah, she was pacing off the, um, I want to say the girl was from Glenelg. Yes, it was. The Glenelg girl, she was pacing off her for the first few Cable laps. Spence of Glenelg. me and Ben were watching it, and I was like, I was like, we're, I'm just waiting for Campbell to pass this girl. Because she looked really good. Yeah, she, she looked like she wasn't, she had a ton of a tank mm-hmm. right around lap four and lap five. And then sure enough, once the hammer got dropped, once uh, the Spence girl started slowing down, she just turned the jets on, and I mean, again, she she won it by about five seconds. Actually, five seconds and some, some change. She probably, I mean, good. Do you have the time? Five twenty four oh nine. Okay, probably a good five six lanes. Yeah, I mean, she she cooked them. Um, and then the final uh, regional champion for Middletown this weekend, Ava Allen in the pole vault, also cooked everyone. Yeah, and with um. <laughs> 11 foot 3 inches vault. Yeah. And that doesn't only qualify her for states. That qualify for that qualifies her for nationals in pole vault as well, which is banana which is insane. That's the New Balance Nationals, correct? Um that's, that's what I don't really know. Um the MHS pole vault Instagram qualified, I mean, posted it and they just said qualified for nationals, so I don't know if that's USA Nationals or New Balance Nationals. It might be USA Nationals. Sponsored by New Balance, but I don't know if I'm correct. But I do know that it's in New York, I think. So we can do some further research on that and get back to you guys in a future episode. We we think, we think, and oh God, I'm going to knock on the wood table where we're recording the song because I don't want to jinx it. We think Ava Allen's going to win states. I also think that, yeah. We think Ava Allen's going to win states. Um I mean, she went, her jump was 11 foot 3 inches, as you said. That jump, the closest to her, was Sophia Echevarria, Sophia Echevarria of Liberty, with a 8 foot 9 inch jump. So, a foot and a half difference there. On top of that, her PR was 10-3 coming into. Yeah, that's a 9 inch PR. No, a foot PR, because it was 10-3. Or, oh no, I'm sorry. It it was ten six. Yes, a nine yeah. inch PR. I mean, that's insane. It, it, it. I mean, yeah. I'm just reading off the um, <laughs> MHS Pullville Instagram of like what Ava did on Saturday. I mean, a, a nine inch PR there is bananas. So obviously, lots of positives abound. For starters, the three regional champions. Congrats to them. The first ones of the. 2021-2022 athletic year, and hopefully there's more down the path, but we'll see. In and addition... I want to talk about the fifth-place finishes. Yes. In addition, Middletown got seven qualifiers, five five athletes, seven events, and yet, again, the fifth-place finishes killing us. Yeah, so starting off here, the 4 by 2 relay. So... I really think they should have qualified because they missed out by eighth, eight thousandths of a second, if yep. I'm correct. Eight, eight thousandths of a second. Oakland Mills was 154.042. Yeah. Middletown was 154.050. They kind of got screwed over, I'm not going to lie, because they had a they had an equipment malfunction. So they shot the gun for the start, and the first leg ran out hard for maybe, I want to say, 50 meters. And then they had to fire the gun again and call them back, which is kind of tough on the first leg when you have to sprint out and then come back and run your whole leg again. Yeah, correct. So 
And, and that can make that, an eight thousandths of a second difference. That happens a lot. We've seen it a lot this season. We have. And it's it's an issue. <laughs> it it is an issue and it it's I feel really bad for people that, that happens to. I feel really bad for the athletes. And the girls in the four by two, I feel for you guys. Yeah, it's that that, that was and that that four by two had the potential. They I mean d- Sophia Frizzell, Ava Allen, Kaylee Franklin, and Haley Otto. Yes, they That's a group that really that's the have the same pot- that's the same four by four team as well. And they ran the four by four they qualified for states and outdoor in 2021 last year, and they won states. They got first place in states in the 4x4. And then they ran the 4x4, and they got fifth in that as well. Missed out on that by four-tenths of a second. Which is just, you know, heartbreak. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, again, and I would, again, we're working on finding it. We would love to know what the qualifying times were because I am convinced. I'm like almost certain they had to run it. Yes, that that four by four and the four by two both would have qualified for states in a normal year. Then on top of that, fifth place finishes. Um, well, for starters, Kaylee Franklin in the high jump. She had, also got fifth. Had a fifth place finish, and I, I am not as confident on this one. Bella Keel in the pole vault. Got a fifth place. Oh. She finished at seven. Her jump was seven nine. Um, so yeah, it's just it's very, 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 very unfortunate. And we hope in future years it goes back to mm-hmm. how it was where times can advance people. And because the only positive thing I'll say for the girls four by four and four by two is that the oldest member of that team is Haley Otto, and she's currently a junior. So they have next year. You, uh, you, you're in a different country again. Sophie Frizzell is a senior. But Sophie... Dude, Fri- I... What's wrong with me? I have no idea. But Sophie Frizzell also qualified for other events. Yes. So they will have... And they also have a chance to run it back in outdoors. So your point's well held, even with the Freudian slip. Sorry, guys. I'm kind of out of it today, if you couldn't already tell. <laughs> but um, moving on, you just want to move into team analysis here. Well, first, I, I I think it's appropriate to say that the podcast, I'm recording it from Middletown High School, and you're recording it from Mars, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Mars. I don't know why. It's because we're recording this. Okay, for this to make sense to people, we're recording this during the last block of the school day. I do not have... Ben is my last block, essentially. Um <laughs> I just I just came out of yeah the school specter is my last block. I just came out of team sports. We just played handball and team sports, and um, so I'm kind of tired because I tried really hard in handball. You so catch, I'm kind of out of it. You catch a dub? Oh yeah, we didn't w- we didn't lose. Ooh, we played two games, and then the first half of our third game, and we're up in the first half of our third game. We went two and zero. So we're that. like we're like. Two and a half and a if you count it. Big but. fan of that. Love that. Yeah. All right. And, and now let's move on to some team now analysis. Now let's move into team analysis. Hopefully I hit these better than <laughs> the track. But uh, boys basketball, Um, where will the team go from here, Ben? It doesn't get easier. Um, it really this doesn't. Week, this, this week they played Williamsport and Frederick. Williamsport, they had a nice win against up at Williamsport. They got a home game now, but also Williamsport's going to be hungry to yeah, flip Williamsport it back didn't on like them. that. Flip it back on. No, they, they didn't. didn't. Like that at no, all. they didn't. Um, and then Frederick later in the week. Frederick is historically always a tough team. Yes. It does get easier in the regular season. Frederick schedule. has some ballers. Yes, they do. It doesn't get easier in the regular season schedule. It really doesn't get easier when you move into playoffs because Oakland Mills is in the section. Hammond's in the section. Both of them are really good. Williamsport's in the section. Williamsport's going to give you trouble. So it doesn't it doesn't get easier across the board for Middletown. And, and you know, it, it's as simple as it. They're just going to have to start winning games. I mean. Yeah, they just got to step it up, and that's all there is to and, it. And, and, and they have opportunities. There's still a long road to hoe in the season. They have opportunities, but, yeah. Moving into girls basketball, um, you know, we always talk about the CMC Gamble Division race. Uh, do you know where they stand currently in that race, Ben? Yeah, so Middletown is still third, and it's getting a little bit – it's getting tougher out here if you're Middletown. 
it's getting tougher out here if you're Middletown because the amount of games left to play for each team is shrinking. Catoctin's 9-1. They only have two left. It's Williamsport and Walkersville. Williamsport is in second at 7-1. They got four games left. And Middletown is in third at 7-2 with three games to play. So now you're at a point where it's kind of narrowed down. Like, everyone knows what they have to do. Middletown, this Tuesday, has to beat Williamsport. Yes, they do. If they don't beat Williamsport, they aren't mathematically eliminated, but they're pretty darn close to being eliminated. Um, Then, in addition to that, when Williamsport plays Catoctin, Williamsport has to beat Catoctin because that is the really the only way we see possibly that Catoctin's going to get that second loss. They could lose to Walkersville. I don't think that's likely. It's going to have to come from when Williamsport plays them because Williamsport, I think, is the best shot to do that. Um, but there's not a lot of conference games this week. There really isn't. Catoctin no. doesn't have any conference games this week. They play a set of three straight games this week, and they're all non-conference. They're Clear Spring North and South Hagerstown. And then our only conference game is against Williamsport on Tuesday, and obviously that's Williamsport's only conference game. So that's even in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I, I again, girls basketball still has a shot. They could make it to the CMC Gamble division. They could make it to the CMC championship game and win the CMC Gamble division. But they need some work here. They, or not they need some work. They need some help. Yeah, um, really not much more on that. Just CMC Gamble Division race. T- Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday is, is the a must biggest win. game of the year for Middletown girls basketball. And they've had games before that we've labeled as the biggest game of games of the year. And they've won. They beat Catoctin at home. That was the biggest game of the year at that time. This but, Tuesday is the biggest game of the year. And if you're listening to this podcast, get your rumpus out to Ron Engel Court. Uh, no, it's up at Williamsport. It's at Williamsport. Take the drive up I-81 to Williamsport. Because we can't be there. there. There's a Waffle House there. There's a McDonald's. It got all the good stuff up there in Williamsport. Drive up I-81 to watch that game because that's a huge game. Agreed. The girls need your support. Yes. It's not that far a drive. It really isn't. Moving into boys into a track, um, upcoming state championship meet for Middletown. And what do we expect from, like, the guys at State's Ben? Yeah, I mean, I think the most likely candidate to win is probably C.J. Brown in a shot put. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Baron Rop can definitely medal mm-hmm. in the 32. Yeah, I, I think I think your two most likely candidates are C.J. Brown in a shot put and Baron Rop in the 32. And with C.J., honestly... He's been the bridesmaid so many times this year. He's had a bevy of really good second-place finishes, but hasn't been able to pick up a really solid win. I think state championships is his time to break out. It's his only event besides the 4 by 2 and that's at the end of the meet. So he's not going to have to worry about, you know, going to do the 55 or anything like that. I'm sure he'd rather be in the 55 than the 300, but he's not going to have to worry about that. He's going to be able to focus solely on the shot put. And so, I think this. I, I don't want to predict he's going to win a state championship because that's a big prediction. I think this is his time to break out, though. I agree. Um, and I also think that four by two might have a chance to medal. Yeah, I, I agree as well. They're very fringy, but they, they could do it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into girls indoor track. Um, obviously coming up in a couple weeks, they also have the state championship meet, and um. Do we expect them to make a splash? Tutti tutto, which is Italian for everything and everyone. Tutti tutto. And by everyone and everything, I think every single athlete who is in for girls indoor track has a legitimate shot to win it. I mean, if you look at the people who qualified for girls indoor track, out of the seven events Milltown qualified in, three of those, they won the regional title. So those people already have a shot to win states. Then, Campbell Caldwell in the 3,200 meter was second. Haley Lucido in the 800 meter was second. So they have legitimate shots to win those events. The 4x800 relay could easily win it. They'll definitely, I won't say definitely, they, I think it's likely they medal. And Sophia Frizzell, Sophie Frizzell, she's going to kill me. Sophie Frizzell in the <laughs> 300 meter is really close as well. I mean, so there is a. I mean, I think every single they have they have seven events. People running in seven events. I think in each one of those events, 
they have a legitimate shot to win a state title. I maintain that. I agree. And, um, I think everybody's got a legitimate shot, and but I feel like um, the girls four by eight might have to step it up a little bit. Yeah, I but agree. I think they can get it done. Yeah, I agree. And I'll say this: as a team perspective, obviously, only having seven qualifiers in is not optimal from a team perspective. But a lot of teams are in the same boat. We'd have to look and see how many Century got in. I doubt Century got more than 10 qualifiers in. So from a team perspective, I don't think it's, you know, a long shot that they possibly could end up making a run as a team at States as well. Yeah, I also agree with that statement as well. You got anything else you want to cover for girls? No, but give me one second because I'm trying to figure out how many qualifiers Century has in here. Okay. The girls' indoor track team. As we wait for Ben. 12. So, okay. Century has 12 qualifiers into the state meet, and they are the team who won states. So, yes. You mean are, regionals? Yeah. They, regionals. So they are in a better spot for Middletown, but if Middletown does well across the board and Century doesn't, that opens the door for Middletown's get still – it's kind of an outside shot, but Middletown does have a shot to win a state championship two Saturdays from now. I, I believe that 100%. That would be awesome. It would be because it, it's, it's been a minute since we had a state championship mm-hmm. here. Moving into wrestling. Um, the start of the dual meet state tournament starts tonight. What do we expect from the Knights to do tonight against Northeast and Manchester Valley? I I would say I expect them to win both. The random seating did Middletown dirty. Like there's, it really did. There's no doubt about it. There are nine teams in the region, and Middletown got the ninth seed. So they're not going to be able to have any home matches during the uh, dual site uh, during the dual meet state tournament, which is unfortunate. They wrestle at Manchester Valley tonight. First up is the eight nine match against Northeast. They should win that comfortably. Manval at the I guess technically if they wanted to be the nine one match. A little bit more difficult. I feel like that's a match they should win. Um obviously who knows what'll happen. Manval is gonna have the benefit of not having wrestled once, while Middletown is going to have wrestled once, so that already has a big effect. But again, the random seating really hurt Middletown. <laughs> yeah, the random seating is just Unfortunate. I'm not really a fan of it, but can't yeah, control it. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I, I get why they did, but again, for Middletown's case, it's unfortunate. And so hopefully they win two tonight. Then they host, not host, but then they'll be in the regional semifinals and possibly regional finals on Wednesday, and then possibly the state tournament on Saturday at North Point High School. So we'll see. Um, obviously, the first thing that needs to be done is taking care of business tonight against Northeast and Manval. But, I mean, that's kind of a thing is if you're Middletown, this team is good. This Middletown wrestling team has a legit shot to win state championships. We've seen it. We have seen it. I mean, so the heavyweights got to perform, but we know that. Need a little bit of help at the bottom. Some of your guys, you know. Yes. Need some pins there. Need some tech falls. But Middletown wrestling has a shot to win a state title. And they're up there, you know, we've talked about off-camera, the teams who we think have a chance to win state titles at Middletown this winter, so. And you have guys in the lower weight divisions like Camero who have had good seasons, you, but they're just, like, their ma- all of their matches have been really close. Yeah, yeah, they're flying under the radar, I would say, a little bit, yeah. just because of the success that, you know, the heavyweights have had. But, yeah, there's talent there at the bottom levels. It's not fait accompli that, you know, the heavyweights are going to do well, and then the bottom weights are going to just fizzle out in the thin air. I think there's talent there across the board. That that could help Middletown pick up a couple wins tonight, move on in the state tournament. Agreed, agreed. Are we doing alumni today? Yeah. Let's go ahead and do some alumni today. So, moving into alumni results and the schedule until next episode, which is always subject to change, but we're going to try to get that out to you guys on February the 10th, 2022, which yeah. is... A Thursday. This Thursday. We'd probably record it Wednesday evening and then push out Thursday, but yeah, because of wrestling and all that that goes on with that, that's very much subject to change, more so than usual, and it changes a, a, a uh-huh. little bit for us anyway. So, 
results. We apologize. We forgot to, uh, you know, let everybody know about Erica Pritchard last episode. Yes, I I, I feel so bad about it because she's only she's one of our two Pros, two yeah. two current pro alumni. Uh, Vondervernancy, her volleyball team she's with over in France in the Ligue Nationale, uh, feminine. They've had a bunch of postponements, so they haven't played a ton. And I meant they played a game, it got rescheduled, and I forgot to look it up what the results was. So. This is our apology, and also, Erica, here you go. Um, February 1st, Valdivar and Alcy back into action against Mark and Barul. Um, and Valdivar and Alcy picked up a big win, 3-1. They won that match 25-19, 25-20, 23-15, 25-18, to 1. Pritchard had two blocks, two kills. More importantly for Vondervern C, it helps them stave off relegation. They move up a point in the, uh, three points in the standings, actually, with that 3-1 win. So, slowly start, Good stuff. slowly starting to inch their way up. And then, February 2nd, which was... I, my dates are really wrong. Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. Wednesday, February 2nd. Mark Miller and his South Carolina Aiken women's basketball squad had a game at Columbus State. South Carolina Aiken lost seventy nine to seventy and it dropped Pacers to three and seven in the conference. And then also on Wednesday the second, Megan Shipley and on Shepherd Women's Basketball, they had a game at Westchester. Shepherd won sixty five to forty seven. Megan started, she played thirty one minutes, had ten points, five rebounds, and an assist. And then also on Wednesday the second, Melanie Pick and Bridgewater Women's Basketball first Virginia. Is it Wes? Wesleyan. Wesleyan. You've never been able to get that right. Nope, <laughs> never <Mary> have. <laughs> Probably never will. Um, <laughs> that game was postponed, and that will be moved to February the 10th, 2022, this Thursday. Thursday. Uh, for Shipley, really good, 10 points. That's the second highest number for her this season. She had 13 earlier of the year. Same with five rebounds. Second highest number of the season she had six. So she's starting to hit her stride, playing a little bit better basketball. There was nothing on Thursday, February the 3rd. On Friday, February the 4th, there were four Middletown alums in action. The first of the day was Riley McDermott and Harvard Men's Indoor Track and Field at the 2022 Crimson Elite. That was hosted by Harvard. McDermott did not run for the Crimson. He ran the next day, and Luke will touch on that. But Harvard placed first of the nine teams competing in that tournament. The best performer of the day, by far, Nellie Stafford. Uh, the, her, and the, her Allegheny women's indoor track and field team were at the 2022 Dan Kinsey Invitational at Oberlin College. Stafford, fifth in the 1600 meter, the one mile, with a time of 531.14. She also placed fourth in the 800 meter run with a time of 232.11. No team score for the Gators, but... Shout out to Nelly. A couple big uh, top five finishes there for her. Yeah, let's go, Nelly. Danny Bertoni and Maryland Wrestling versus Michigan State. Maryland lost that one 29-6 to the Spartans. Bertoni wrestled at 141 pounds, and he lost to Matt Santos of Michigan State in a 4-2 overtime sudden victory decision. So that's a tough one for Danny there. And to finish off night, Cam Farrow and York College of Pennsylvania wrestled against Messiah. Really close one for the Spartans. They lost that one 22-18 to Messiah, but a good night for Cam Farrow. Picked up a real easy breezy 16-1 tech fall against Chris Kratzley of Messiah, wrestling at 197 pounds. Then moving into Saturday the 5th, Brennan Straits and Lynchburg men's indoor track and field were at the 2022 Joe LaRocco Invitational. Brennan did not run, and there's no team score. And then, again, Brennan Straits and Lynchburg Lynchburg men's track and field at the 2022 Liberty Open Invitational. Straits did not run there, and also no team score again. Kayla Dollhouse and Chippensburg's women's indoor track and field at the 2022 Alvernia Plex shootout. Dollhouse placed 8th in the 200 meters with a time of 27.35. She's also a part of the 4x400 relay that placed 5th. We have no team score. And then Kayla Dollhouse again in Chippensburg. Women's indoor track and field again at the 22nd annual D. Shriver Invitational. Dollhouse did not run there. Because Obviously, because she was at Alvernia. She was at Alvernia, and we also have no team score for that. And then Cam Farrell and York College of Pennsylvania, they wrestled at the 2022 Messiah Open. 
Pharaoh did not wrestle, and we have no team score. Then also on the fifth, Riley McDermott and Harvard men's indoor track and field were up at Boston University for the 2022 Bruce Lahane Scarlet and White Invitational. McDermott placed ninth in the 500 meters with a time of 104.70. He broke 105. That's a new PR for him. He also won his section. Placed 70th in the 800 meters as well. Tough one there. He got in a collision with a runner from Georgetown and kind of left him behind the pack, so that's unfortunate for him. Jacob Polishak and Millersville Baseball were at Barton for a three-game series this weekend. Start of the spring sports season for Milltown alumni. Millersville won 11-5 in seven innings in game number one. Polishak did not play. Moving over to Ryan Crompton, who's the assistant coach, Colton McCracken, who is an athlete, and Lenore Ryan men's lacrosse. They were ranked number three to start the year. They played number five. Indianapolis lost a tough one, 12-11. to McCracken played for the Bears but did not play much. Didn't get on the stat sheet much. Then moving on to another laxer. Roland Hockenberry and the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens men's lacrosse team played New Jersey Institute of Technology. Delaware won 19-9. Hockenberry, the faceoff guy for the Blue Hens, 2-8 of eight on faceoffs, also won a ground ball for Delaware. Megan Shipley and Shepard women's basketball had another game. They were at Bloomsburg. Shepard fell to Bloomsburg 55-46. Shipley started, played 34 minutes. Came up with five points, two rebounds, three blocks, and an assist. The Rams stay third in the PSAC West, keeping them in playoff position to make the PSAC tournament at the end of the year. Jake Stafford and Lehigh men swimming and diving were at the 2022 East Stroudsburg Invitational. Stafford, busy on the day, was part of a 200-yard medley relay that came in third. Also third in the 100-yard breaststroke with a time of one minute even on the dot. It's really unusual. You don't see times yeah, it's on the dot. Really interesting. Um, and then in the 100-yard butterfly, he picked up a time of 52.96. No team score there for the Mountain Hawks. Mark Millers and South Carolina Aiken women's basketball. Tough one. Played against number seven Lander. Got beat pretty handily. Lost 83-39. to Pacers down to 3-8 and eight in the Peach Belt Conference. But they're only a game out of a playoff spot, and they still have a game in hand. So Miller and the Pacers... Got a chance to do something there. Second game of the day for Jacob Polishak and Millersville Baseball at Barton. The Marauders lost 11-2 to in seven innings. Polishak didn't pitch in either of those games for Millersville. Then later in the evening, Megan Jebbia and American Women's Basketball at Colgate. Tough one for the Eagles and Jebbia. They lost 74-60. to Eagles are 6-4 in the Patriot Conference. Still in a good spot to make the conference tournament. Melly Pick and Bridgewater women's basketball were supposed to play at home against Randolph, unfortunately due to some events that happened down there, some tragic events that happened on the Bridgewater campus. They were not able to play either of those games that they had scheduled for this weekend, so our thoughts go out to the people at Bridgewater. Um, And now on to Sunday the 6th. Yep, on Sunday the 6th, Chris Bergenson, Grayson Whitesell, and Hoods Mendor in their track and field at the 2022 Richard Drake Invitational. Bergenson and Whitesell did not run, and there is no team score. Um, Jacob Polishak and Millsville Baseball at Barton. Again, Millsville lost 3 to nothing. Polishak did not play. Cam Farrow and York College of Pennsylvania uh, wrestled at Bloomsburg. York College of Pennsylvania lost 37-9. But Cam Farrow did win in an 8-2 decision over David Tuttle of Bloomsburg at 197 pounds. Danny Bertoni and Maryland Wrestling at Northwestern. Maryland lost that one 29-7. Bertoni lost a 6-1 decision to Frankly, Frankie Tao Shahar of Northwestern at 141 pounds. And then the schedule till our next episode for Middletown alumni. Not a lot on the docket. Nothing on Tuesday, February the 8th. On Monday, February the 7th, two events at 5.30 p.m., Mark Miller, head coach of the South Carolina Aiken women's basketball squad, and his Pacers look back to get on the winning track against Clayton State. And Megan Shipley and Shepard women's basketball look to keep up the winning ways against California of Pennsylvania. And then on Wednesday, the ninth, three events, Miller and the South Carolina Aiken women's basketball squad have their second game of the week. This one at home down in Aiken against Georgia College. At 6 o'clock p.m., down in D.C. at Bender Arena, 
Megan Jebbia, the head coach of American Women's Basketball and her Eagles squad, will take on conference leader Bucknell in that 7 p.m. Melanie pick in Bridgewater Women's Basketball. Get back to action against Washington and Lee. And that is your Middletown alumni recap from this past week. And now we have our interview, one we're really looking forward to. Um, We've said her name a couple times. She is Middletown four-sport athlete. She'll be a four-sport athlete, considering she's doing dual sports this winter. Campbell Caldwell. We're excited to have her in studio, and you'll be hearing from her in about 0.5 seconds. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our interview. We have Campbell Caldwell here today. She's on the girls' indoor track team and the girls' swim team, and she recently just won a regional title on Saturday in the mile for track. How's it going, Campbell? It's going good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, of course. So I guess the first question, Campbell, is what was it like winning regionals? Because that's your first regional title in your uh, high school career. So what was that like? Um, It was really exciting, very unexpected. Going into it, I wasn't counting on winning, but I had a good race, and I'm really glad that I got to win. Was there a moment during the race where you fought, where you kind of recognized that you had it locked up? Because you got out to a pretty big lead right around the 600, 800 meter mark, I want to say. Yeah, I knew the girl that was running in front of me for the first 800 was really fast. And she had like the fastest seed time, I think, going into it. And I knew I could just like stick on to her because she was running pretty good pace laps. But at the 800, she started kind of slowing down. So I was like, I'm going to make a move now while I have four laps left. And it worked out. Um, Winning a regional title, was this a goal you had going into the indoor track season? Not really. Honestly, just going to states for track and like qualifying individually was my main goal because I've never done that. There's always been like hiccups or like COVID kind of messed up some of our track seasons so so I guess then kind of elaborate on that COVID thing because I think people at home if they're students they've all had different experiences with it but how had COVID affected your time in track and field because I know we've talked to your parents a little bit outside of a podcast and it's kind of a crazy story yeah so um, like our indoor season got sh- cut short in 2020 when I was a sophomore and then we didn't have outdoor and, um, then I just like, I had a really good summer of training, like after my sophomore year. And then I had another really good summer of training this past year. I was in Colorado for a month and in between like the past two years, I've gotten severely injured twice and I've been out for like months at a time. So it's been really hard to like keep going at it and like find motivation again. But I don't, it's been a long ride, but I'm finally like starting to succeed again. So um, how do you think this season as a whole has gone for you? Um, It's been rocky for sure. Uh, I was I had a pretty good start to this season, but I was out for about two and a half weeks like after the very first meet I had a little bit of an accident um but I've been able to come back pretty strong so I'm glad I had a quick recovery and I'm all good now so obviously you did quite well at um regionals you qualified in the 1600 meter in 1600 meters by winning it and you also qualify the 3200 meters so you'll be running two events at states how do you think the team did as a whole third place finish just give us your thoughts on that yeah I think that was definitely a big deal I didn't realize that we had the chance to do that well as a team but I think there was a lot of good outcomes I think a lot of people had really good races there was definitely some not good things that happened but there was a lot of good takeaways, so I'm pretty proud of us as a team. Um, what are some things you've been trying to work on this season or that you're even trying to carry over into um, the outdoor season this spring? Um, just consistently training. I find when I'm like really doing everything that I should be doing, like that's when I start it starts showing up in meets and I don't know I just need to keep like staying healthy keep training consistent and everything should be good for outdoor 
do you kind of view this as a breakout season for you? Like, do you see this as a chance where you can kind of leave your mark on the track and field scene in Frederick County? Yeah, I mean, I really hope I keep improving, but I've had a lot of PRs recently, like this past weekend, I PR'd in both of my events, so that was really exciting because it's been like two years since I last PR'd in track at all. But I think things are finally like putting, I, I guess like everything's finally working out together and like I'm starting to see good results in my performances. So I think after this like long journey of like injuries and COVID and everything, it's like starting to work out and I'm finally starting to like prove myself as a runner. Okay, so Luke touched on it in the introduction. You are not only a indoor track athlete, you are a swimming athlete. Just what has the dual sport experience been like for you this winter? Um, it's been a really good experience. Going into it, I wasn't sure if I wanted to swim or not. Like my mom and I had gone to the the meet the coaches night and I was like a little bit unsure about it but it honestly worked out so well and I'm so grateful for the experience and for how lenient my coaches have been with it it's been a really good opportunity and I'm so grateful I've been able to do it I think both swimming and running have benefited each other and I've seen a lot of success in both sports um in what ways have swimming and running benefited each other um well they, I, I've always swam. I quit like swimming club after like 10 years or so my freshman year, but I always find when I'm swimming, my running is better. And when I'm running, my swimming is better. So I think they just coincide and it's just, I always, um, enjoy swimming when I'm running because it helps like relax my muscles and my endurance from long distance running helps with my swimming. So, so for those who don't know, obviously you did quite well at regionals this weekend, but also during the swimming season, you've done quite well. You've picked up a bevy of first place finish finishes. I guess the question is, how do you balance being so successful in both of the sports? And like, is there pressure that develops from that or? Um, I've definitely dealt with a little bit of pressure over the years, but my parents, my dad's my running coach and always has been, and he does a really good job of like not putting too much pressure on me. It just kind of leaves it up to me, which I think helps a lot for me to stay motivated in both areas. Um, swimming, I didn't expect to do as well as I have been doing. So it's kind of exciting on that part, but I think both sports are really like success-driven, motivational sports. So like just both of them, you kind of, you find your motivation by doing well, which sometimes can get tricky if you're like not succeeding, but it's been a good season for both of them. So I'm really happy about that. Um, As you know, the county meet, is this Saturday for swimming? How are you feeling about going into the county meet? I'm really excited. I just found out today what events I'm doing, and I'm actually swimming 850 meters in total, which is a lot. But I also usually do that because I usually do like the long-distance events, like the 500 free. But I'm really excited. I think it's going to be super fun and different because I've never gone to like a championship meet for swimming before. So I think it'll be a fun time. Can you share for the people at home what events you'll be in, or is that like state secrets? No, I think I think I'm fine to share. Um, I'm gonna be doing the 200 medley relay, and I'll be swimming the butterfly length of that, and then the 200 free, the 500 free, and then I'll be in the 400 free relay, swimming like one length of 100 free. Okay, so I guess in regards to swimming and track for the rest of the year. What are your goals? And that can be for the swimming season, the indoor season, the outdoor season. Um, I don't know. Just keep improving. And, like, I don't really have time goals set or anything. I hope that I qualify for states in swimming. I think that would be a really big deal. And I think some of our relays have a good chance of doing that. And for running recently, our um, we, like – we're told that our facility we're using for states is has changed and I'm a little nervous about the location that it changed to because it's not the best facility 
so I hope I can just stick it out and just do as best as I possibly can there. Um, in regards to swimming and running, what does the future look like for you next year? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I'm like talking to like one school for running, but that's about it. Other than that, I applied to like 19 colleges because I'm really indecisive. But I don't think I'll be swimming next year. Although I do find myself like at the gym, I swim on my own time and that's really calming for me. And if I don't end up running like for my college next year, then I'll definitely keep running on my own too because I enjoy doing that. Is it something where you think where even if a college, say, hasn't reached out to you in regards to running at the school that you might try and walk on? I know we've talked to some other of a track athletes and they've mentioned possibly walking on at the schools they're going to. Yeah, I've definitely considered that. I think that's possible for a few of the places that I'm looking at, but some of them are also super big schools. Like most of the schools I applied to are like really big, like D1 state schools. So that would also be a challenge, but I think it's possible for some of them. And we'll see how my outdoor season goes. If I continue to drop time in some of my events, it definitely is possible. And then kind of a fun question to, you know, just wrap up the interview here. What are some hobbies or fun things you like to do outside of swimming and running? Um, I love painting. That really keeps me sane. But other than that, I listen to a lot of music. I hang out with my friends. Um, that's pretty much it, I think. I don't really do much outside of my athletics because it takes up like four <laughs> hours of my day. Is there anything music-wise that's like s solidly on your pregame playlist? Like, is there is there a pregame playlist? Yes, definitely Nicki Minaj always gets me through every run, every long run, every pre-meet. Um, it's the only thing I can listen to when I'm running because it's so hype and it just always makes me ready for the run. Is that a recent artist, or is that has it always been that way? Um. Well, I just started like ever since like AirPods came out. I've just been listening to my AirPods, always listening to Nicki Minaj for like two years. I guess I've been doing that. All right. Well, Campbell, thank you so much for the interview. Uh, good luck at counties this weekend for swimming, and then the weekend after that, states for indoor track. Hopefully. We uh, hopefully you'll win a state title, and we have a reason to bring you back for a second interview to discuss your state championship that win. That so. would be amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, that's Campbell Caldwell, and we'll be we'll be right back on the Midnight Pod with our wrap up of today's episode. Now, getting into the wrap up here, so records that have changed: Varsity Boys Basketball, they are four and twelve overall, and four and five in the CMC Gambrel. Varsity Girls Basketball, fourteen and four overall. 13 and 3 for playoff seeding and then 7 and 2 in the CMC Gambrel. Boys Inner Track, they got 5th place out of 10th, 10 teams at regionals. Girls Inner Track got 3rd place out of 10 teams at regionals. Wrestling, 22 and 3 overall, 8 and 2 in non-tournament play, 8 and 1 in the CMC and 4 and 1 in the CMC Gambrel. And then moving into the schedule. Um on tonight Monday February the 7th, the start of the MPSSAA playoffs for wrestling. They have a third team to start state playoffs. It is the opening round of the 2021-2022 Maryland Public Secondary Schools Athletic Association 2A Dual Wrestling State Tournament. They play in the first round, the number 9 seed the Knights are, against the number 8 seed Northeast. That match is being hosted at Manchester Valley. Then, if the Knights beat Northeast, they'll follow that right up at 7 p.m., wrestling in the regional quarterfinal round against the Manchester Valley Mavericks. Again, that happening tonight. And that second match is only if the Knights win the first one. Then, tomorrow, Tuesday, February the 8th, a big one. A big day in general at 5.30 p.m. Junior Varsity Boys Basketball at home at Ron Engel Court versus Williamsport. The Junior Varsity Girls Basketball team is away at Williamsport. That one also tips off 5.30. 7 p.m. here at Ron Engel Court. Varsity Boys Basketball versus Williamsport. But the real piece de resistance at 7 p.m. Up I-81 in Williamsport. Varsity Girls Basketball against Williamsport Wildcats. A must win for the Knights. And if you're listening and you love Middletown, 
go support get the girls to that team game because Drive we're gonna up. need to pack the Williamsport gym and we're gonna need it to be loud and we're gonna need the girls to feed off the fans energy we would go but sadly we can't because we have home games we have home games but if you're listening to this and you want to do something Wednesday night you should go watch the girls play Williamsport. drive up i81 go to the game Watch for girls win. Go to JV for that matter. Go for both games. Get yes, the kids. Of course. And then afterwards, it could be like 9 p.m. Waffle House, right next to the stadium. The Williamsport people love to go in there if they win. But if we win, let's go in there, have some waffles. Waffle House is delicious, by the Waffle way. Waffle House is great. It, it's 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 major key alert. Um, and yeah, just it, it, enjoy that night. And then wrapping up, um, the schedule till our next episode, Wednesday, February 9th. This one is to be determined if necessary. All of the questions we can put on it if middletown wrestling wins both their matches tonight they will have the regional semifinal and possible regional final rounds of a 2021-2022 mpssaa 2a dual wrestling state tournaments we don't know where it would be it wouldn't be here because we're the number nine seed but lowest in our region it would be somewhere again we don't know we'll find that out hopefully after tonight and hopefully we'll be there to Watch the Knights go for a region title and then maybe even a state title next Saturday. So that's all up in the air, but it's playoff season, so we got to leave it up in the air. Yeah, and that'll do it for episode 11 of the Midnight Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lupin Clister. Join here with Ben Spector, and we're out. Adios.